0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Jucky's on 106. Seven, the fan it's bish cakes. JP EB will be back on Monday joining us right now. Live from Richmond is our pal, Charlie Casserly, who's been to 41 straight years of training. Good, morning. Good morning, Charlie. <laughs> tell us about that first one 41 years ago when you were an intern and what you aspired to become. Because now, as we'd say on the junkies, you're a big silly. You're on NFL Network all the time. You're on CSN all the time. <laughs> you've been a You've been a general manager of two franchises. When you were an intern, what did you aspire to be? And tell us about it.
1: Well, first of all, I was trying to survive. That's the first thing. So uh, get a contract. The deal was work a year for nothing, and if they liked you, they'd hire you as a scout for $10,000. That was the offer when I went in, and, and I had nothing. I, and my wife reminds me, you know, you were homeless at that point, which I was. So I had $500 in the bank. And so I was trying to survive. I, I wanted a coach in the NFL, uh, but they told me, don't ever tell George Allen that he doesn't trust anybody under 35. And, and I was under 35 at that point. So, uh, so I wanted to survive. And then when they gave me an offer to, to, to scout, um, uh, and, and I took it, and it was interesting. There was a coach by the name of Billy Hickman. He says, you know, a 1,000 guys a year go into coaching. But if you go into scouting, nobody goes into that. And if you have that work ethic and, and have a great work ethic, you can go someplace in scouting. And I said, you know, that makes sense. So uh, I took it on a one-year contract. Uh, they renewed it. I liked it. And once I got into scouting, I said, you know, if I'm going to be a scout, I want to be a general manager. So, uh, you know, we started that and, and just tried to work towards it. And we were fortunate; uh, it worked out. It's a one in a million shot. It really was.
2: It's an unbelievable story, Charlie. Was it? You, were you a college scout or a pro scout?
1: Uh, well, I started out as a college scout. Now, as an intern, to give you an idea, and you have some semblance of how many interns are around. Hey, I was the intern. Okay. Which meant, and PR had one person, so I worked in PR. Mm-hmm. I helped the coaches, I helped the scouts. I was the Turk, and we had 120 guys in camp, so I, I made a lot of visits to cut players. Oh, okay? they hated I seeing the you. Training camp telephone. <laughs> all right, I I ran errands for George Allen and the coaches. So I you did everything, really. And then you then then they put you into scouting, which was a way you could survive. Because I didn't get paid anything, but it didn't cost me anything because they paid all my expenses. So I started as a college scout once the fall started. But in camp, I did everything.
0: All right, when you were a Turk and you had to uh, tell guys that their NFL dream was over, were there any situations, because you're, you know, an average sized guy, all right? So you're cutting guys who are 300 pounds sometimes, yeah. <laughs> monsters, aggressive guys. Were there ever situations where you were scared to deliver the news?
1: Well, let me me give you their strategy about this, a behind-the-scenes one. The the wake-up bell went off at 7 a.m., so they gave me the key, right? And they said, 6.30, you'll wake them up. They'll startle them. They won't know what to do. So, (laughs) Doc, I knock on the door at 6.30, open the door, wake them up, bring your playbook. See see so-and-so at 7 o'clock. So you're out the door by the time they figured anything out. That was their strategy. But they had one guy. That named Jesse Freitas. They signed him out of Canada. And he, he was kind of a different fellow now. So they <laughs> knew he was going to be a problem. So they said, we'll handle this one. So the guy in charge, Tim Timorario, uh, went up to the room. Tim told him he's being cut. The guy wouldn't leave. Mm. He wouldn't leave. So they have to call the police. So in the meantime, while the police are coming, he goes down. He calls up Dick Vermeule, who's the head coach of the Eagles. And we had just scrimmaged the Eagles. He gets on the phone. He says, hey, that Jaworski sucks. I'm better than him. You ought to bring me in. <laughs> Well, Vermeer don't want to listen to that, right? So now we're playing Cleveland on Monday night. He calls up Sam Ritigliano. Hey, I got the game plan. Bring me in. They bring him in. <laughs> so, anyway, I, the guy's driving him to the airport, Tom Sullivan. He's telling us a story. He's smoking a cigarette, chewing tobacco on the way. So. <laughs> anyway, a lot of He was gone after that.
0: Talking to the great Charlie Castley. That's right. So. Of course, you can watch him live right now on CSN as he's telling us stories of his 41 years in football. Watch him on CSN regularly live from training camp. Let's kind of get into the training camp. Of course, the biggest off-season story besides the GM being fired or ousted, however you want to describe Scott McClung being out, was the whole Kirk Cousins situation. Ultimately ended in no deal. How did you see kind of the whole thing playing out and how they arrived at this franchise tag once again?
1: Yeah, I I thought that uh, uh, Kirk's unique because he's the only guy who's ever done this at the quarterback position, which shows he's willing to bet on himself in the future and not worry about getting hurt. Nobody's ever done this the way he's done this before, and you could sense it last year. I want to see what the market is. And the Redskins, I guess, never got close to a deal, and he said, you know what? I'm going to go play it out for $20 million. The worst thing that happens to me, I have a bad year, I go get a Ryan Fitzpatrick deal for $12 million for one year. That's 32000000 million. I'm going to bet on myself. Once the deal wasn't done last year, the leverage totally shifted to Cousins as long as he kept the same attitude. Now I'm making $24 million. I'm a year away from free agency or a big or a bigger number, 28 or 34 million whatever it's going to be. Transition of franchise. You know what? I want to see what I'm worth. I want to see what's going to happen with the coaching changes this year. I think that was the mindset the whole way and and I I don't know the Redskins could have ever made a deal in this one uh, if if they just blew it blew it out of the water completely. And what do I mean by that? Something along the lines of Forget the 24 million. We're starting with zero. Uh, 50, 60 million guaranteed, uh, maybe 70 plus when it's all done on top of this year. okay? And an average of 23 to 25 million. Those numbers are mind-boggling when you add them all together. I don't know the Redskins are willing to do that. I think this is my gut. Kirk's camp decided, let's just keep the number up there. If they want to give us a deal that's out of this world, then we'll sit down. If not, let's go to next year. Kirk's got the guts to play it out. Hey, what's the worst thing that happens? He gets a Mike Glennon deal at $15 million a year. Glennon was a backup. He wasn't playing. That's the market for quarterback. There's so many teams that need it. If you're willing to play it out, hey, the money's endless for you next year.
2: Charlie, what's your best guess? I'm going to give you three options. Your best guess. All right. Kirk Cousins signs another tag. All right. So the Skins tag him again. Kirk Cousins signs a long-term with the Skins after this year, or he walks. What's your best guess?
1: You know, obviously I've thought about that quite a bit. Um, The least probable situation is for the Redskins to tag them. Bruce Allen always does the least probable thing. <laughs> don't <tag> him again. <laughs> that's a good. response. <laughs> By the way, we saw. And, and that. I don't say that as a negative. I say that's 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 Bruce. Bruce thinks outside the box. Yes, he does. Okay, and and I gotta believe somewhere in there that um, they're not dumb. Now the Redskins, okay, despite what everybody wants to say about them, these are smart people. All right, and uh, I can't believe. They would let themselves be totally devoid of a quarterback uh, next uh, February or March.
0: Charlie, in your opinion, should Redskins fans be panicked over the fact that Jordan Reed is already on the pup list on day one of training camp?
1: Well, concerned, but, but, but I think you have to be concerned every day whether he's on the field or not. What's his injury history? How many concussions does he have? What is he, The guy has had a lot of injuries. And, and you hate to say this, but haven't done this in the real world. Uh, and, and I've done it. Hey, I would have signed Jordan Reed, too. I signed players. I signed Ken Harvey, four-time pro bowler, at the end of his career. I don't know how much more he played after that because he was injured. So uh, the thing you have is history will tell you the future. He is not going to stay healthy. It's, that's the history on him. So where did this come from? Nowhere. He was great at minicamp, healthy, and now all of a sudden he can't practice right now. I, I think that you put him on the shelf and you put him in a box and, and, and open him up on opening day. I mean, that's what you've got to do really at this point and just try to get him week to week. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to be concerned about when he's playing. You have to be concerned too. Uh, but when he's playing, this guy, this guy is the best separation tight end in football.
2: Charlie, uh, you know, this team has made a lot of additions in the offseason, either through free agency or the draft. They got a lot of additions on defense, especially. In your opinion, what's the biggest question mark heading into camp? Is it the receivers? Is it the defensive line, secondary? Is there one unit that you really question right now that they have to prove to
1: you? Uh, no, you can't. you can't keep it at one. I understand the question, but... But, but the answer has to be, this, this is a political answer. I don't care what the question is. Here's my answer. See, that's what we do in Washington, right? That's <laughs> yeah. how we answer questions. Okay. Receiver, yes, because you've got Pryor and you got Dotson. So that is a question, all right? We, we know what we think they can do, but they haven't done it as a Redskin. And Kirk has to get in sync with them. So that's a question. Then you go to defense. Who's the nose tackle? Who's the rusher opposite Reed? When does Zach Brown start and supplement uh, your two inside linebackers who are, are great guys who are instinctive but not good enough. Who's the second corner? Who's the third corner? How good are the safeties? Cravens hasn't played the position. Swearinger, the book on him from other people is a strong safety. The Redskins are convinced he's a free safety. There's a lot of questions. The good news is there's better talent on defense. There's better competition on defense. That's the good news. So they've gotten better. Are they there yet? No, the offense still has to carry it. But at least the defense is better in virtually every position area. What do you? So they, make, they are in every position area better. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you make of Jay Gruden now being the play caller once again? I mean, he's done it in the past, so I think that you have to have some confidence. But now all of a sudden, it's a coach who's balancing play calling and being the head coach as well.
1: Well, he has play, he has called plays for Cincinnati. We know that. My feeling is he played calls. Uh, he, call, he called some plays when he started here, but I'm not positive of that. Right, right? but. Game management. How's he going to be with game management, with, with timeouts, uh, challenges? You know, you're going to have to have help up top. And, and Joe Gibbs did, but there was help up top, too, uh, to, to remind him of things. You know, we had guys like Dan Henning and Rod Dauhauer and, and Jerry Rome and, and, you know, some great coaches upstairs that could, could call down and, and give him advice on things uh, as he was, you know, managing the game. See, Don Bro. So uh, he's going to have to have that person in his ear but but this isn't the first time. It's the first time maybe he's going to do it in, in the way he's doing it. Um, but Mike Holgram did it. Mike Shanahan did it. Um, you know, there's coaches in the NFL doing it right now. Talking
2: to our good friend Charlie Cashley. He's down in Richmond for Skins training camp, which begins today. Um... We want to jump around the league a little bit here, Charlie. The Ravens QB, Joe Flacco. Uh, I guess the story is he's expected to miss the first week of training camp because of a back injury that he suffered lifting weights. Uh, some reports have him missing one week. Some reports have him, have him missing you know, multiple weeks, three or four weeks. How, how uh, concerned would you be if you were a Ravens fan on Joe Flacco and this back injury?
1: Well, you've you got to be concerned because you, you don't know what it is until he gets back on the field. So there's an element of concern. You immediately go to, okay, who plays? Well, I'm assuming Ryan Mallett plays because that's who played last year. He knows the system right now. You now, Mallett has throwing talent. Uh, he can go back there and make all the throws. Uh, his, his problem has been inconsistency, uh, lack of accuracy, uh, forcing balls under pressure. You know, m- maybe the light will go on here. Uh, he, he, I'm sure, knows it's his last chance, but. You know, can he do it under pressure? And I know one thing, Gruden's going to want to run the, excuse me, Harbaugh's going to want to run the ball first and play defense whether Flacco's in there or not. And, and, and that's going to be something on the play calling that I'm going to watch because Marty Morningway, that's kind of what he's known for. And I think especially with the quarterback, you got to protect him. Now, Marty's a smart guy, and he'll know that. But defenses will know that too. So I think they'll challenge Mallett with pressure and make him throw the ball to beat you.
0: Charlie, earlier in the show, we were having a little fun that RG3's tryout with the Chargers went so well, they went out and traded for Cardell Jones the next minute. Um, (laughs) If you had to guess, Kaepernick, RG3, I'm going to throw Johnny Manziel into the mix. Who, if any, find their way back into the league?
1: Well, Manziel's number three out of that list, and... uh... You know, Kaepernick, I think, has had one visit. There was one visit reported to Seattle, and they didn't sign him. Uh, Kaepernick is, is a better bet than RG3 because of the health part. So he would be ahead of RG3 on my rating because of the durability factor.
0: But would you bet on any of them being back in the league this year?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd say there's a chance. You know, we're, we're sitting here now. It's July. It's not even August yet. Right. And we've had a quarterback trade. We've had a quarterback injury. Um, you know, I, I checked this morning with a team about available quarterbacks. And, you know, RG3 and Kaepernick are there. And the first guy says, well, Romo and Cutler, but I guess they're busy. So that that's kind of where people's mindset are. But then you had Kaepernick, RG3. Sean Hill's a guy who's had a lot of experience as a backup and has some success. I believe he was with Minnesota uh, last year. I mean, he would be a guy that I'm sure will get a shot here, but it's a thin list now, man. So I'd say that they'll get a job.
0: Yeah, real Uh, quick.
1: I'm not sure that they're good enough, but I'd say that they'll get a job.
0: Real quick, want to give Charlie a chance to talk about the Nationals because Charlie Castley, former Redskins GM, is a season ticket holder of the Washington Nationals. What do you make of the latest Strasburg news? And uh, what are your hopes heading into the postseason?
1: Well, I don't know the latest Strasburg news. I've, I've kind of been immersed it. I was at the Texans' yesterday. He's on yesterday, the DL, so all I know Charlie. The Texans and the Washington Redskins.
0: He's on the DL once again, Charlie. Ah,
1: uh, that's not good. Yeah. Hey, what would I, what did I say about Jordan Reed? When a guy st- gets injured, you always got to be concerned because he's going to get injured again. Ah, that's a shame. You know, I mean, you got to sit here and be concerned about the thing. You, you hope that he comes through, but the Nationals do the best job in sports of not telling anything about their injuries. <laughs> and I get it; I understand. I've been on that side, so you got to be concerned. Yes.
2: Hey, Charlie, before we As a you, fan, I'm concerned. Before we let you go, one one quick question about some of the rookie running backs. Uh, I want to get your take on a few. Who you're most excited to see? McCaffrey down in Carolina, Fournette in Jacksonville. Uh, you've got Dalvin Cook in Minnesota, and you've got uh, – who am I missing? Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Don't forget Samajé Ryan for the Redskins. All right, but let's just go with those four. Yep. Wh- which one of those four kind of fits instantly to their offenses that that you're excited to see?
1: Well, I'm a Fournette, I mean, that, that's the – I thought he was the best back. McCaffrey's the most interesting because a lot of us didn't feel this guy was a full-time back, and, and he's more of a, a situational, move-around type guy. Uh, so how do they use him there? Mixon's got m- as much ability as Fournette. I will have to see how that one goes there. So, uh, uh, you know, who's the fourth one?
2: Uh, Dalvin Cook in in Minnesota.
1: Uh, hey, he, he's got great ability there too. Mm-hmm. So he might he he could be the starter there uh, over uh, Latavius Murray. So I think you got four exciting backs. I'm not being political, and everyone's got a different story. McCaffrey's the most interesting, though. How they use him.
0: All right, Charlie. Congratulations on forty-one years. Of course, you can watch him on CSN live from Richmond. Always love talking
1: to you, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. See you this afternoon on NFL Network.
0: You got- <laughs> there you go. He's a busy man. He knows so, how to pimp the prize. He, does. he so yes. excited. There's
1: yeah. a slight delay. There That's okay. For the radio hey,
0: listeners, you know what? But if you get can watch it. It's worth it. Watch it live. Love Charlie. Great success story too. Started as an intern, unpaid for a year. Just think Jason. about that, Jason. If you stuck it out 41 years with the Eagles, you would be a big I selfie like GM. Charlie yeah. yeah. It's true. He
2: Should've called all
0: the shots. Well, he was in a GM within, what, 21 years, I would guess. When yeah. was he the GM of the Redskins? About 20 years ago?
2: Yeah. So I, with the Eagles, I went from... You'd, be, you'd
0: just be getting into your GM position with the Eagles right now. Just be hitting your stride. But
2: I was a, I was a paid intern. Fair I don't not. even know if I was an intern. I think I had graduated from intern status. I definitely stole a lot of gear. from. But I don't know room. that you
0: could become a scout because you never had any football in your background. Your title would be lacking. Believe
2: me, I could scout. Some... I've done a lot of gambling. <laughs> I, know, I know who's good and who's not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, coming up next. That would we be our, easy for me. Our throwback Thursday clip of the week right here on the Junkies.